Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. John Mraz joining us for Counterpoint, former liberal war room director, and Bill Hutchison, former journalist, now professor over at Seneca College. Hey, guys. Hey. Hi. All right, let's start with the story that I was just talking about, which involves a mentally ill man who tried to kill three soldiers who still has a disdain for the Canadian um, government as well as the military. Uh, His doctors warned that he's still a threat to public safety. And then we read today in the Toronto Sun that he has been granted, I guess, by the the board, um, the review board of Ontario, to basically, he's going to have the freedom to go to Mohawk College, which, by the way, the college had no idea about this, and it's created quite like a poop storm about it. Look, you teach at a school. There's a real balancing act here. There's one thing about giving someone their chance at having education. There's another thing about allowing someone who was just basically acquitted two months ago. When you have someone that the board has said is still considered a danger to the public, I would go to my chair and I would say, not in my classroom. And I'm sure the professors there will say the same thing and their union will back them. And there's no way that you would allow somebody like that in your classroom because he's still got some some issues and I, I want him to get the proper treatment. I don't think, now I, I'm not a psychiatrist, I, I have not evaluated him at all, but from what the board has said, I would not want him in my classroom. Right. Let's play the clip because Joe Newberger, and before I go to you, John, Joe Newberger, who knows a lot about this particular area of the law, he just joined me and here's how he explains, um, you know, this disconnect and the understanding of how the review board works. The, the difficulty is the disconnect between what the public understands about the Ontario Review Board process and how we handle persons who are mentally ill versus what we expect of people who are true criminals. So this individual has schizophrenia. And when treated and under supervision, which includes a structure, supervision, and monitoring program, the individual can be maintained quite well in the community and attend community programming, which could include school. Right. The problem is, John, when you're talking about the greater population and the safety of that greater population, it's all fine and dandy. This guy might be the best guy in the world moving forward, but if he falls off his meds, there's no guarantee of his safety, and that's what I think the board has to remember. It's outrageous, and and what I find very strange about the whole conversation is I have any number of friends who, for instance, have done MBAs through the Harvard Business Program, They do it all online. They do it over screens. They don't actually have to enter the building. Why isn't that happening? Well, it might. It might. Look, isn't the, that the a, isn't that a solution? Well, you the want, college you want is not going to education. I, I haven't heard anybody say it yet today. Why wouldn't you be doing this online? I have taken courses online. You don't actually have to go to the class. Right, but, but but why is he even getting? Why is he even being thought of to get any kind of release at this point? He was. Ju- There's still an appeal underway by the Crown. I don't understand. At least with Vince Lee, at least with Richard Kashgar, they were kept in for at least a few years, so there was at least some barrier between him and the, them and the public. This guy's like in and out. Oh, I think it's, I as John said, I think it's outrageous. And I do think uh, an online course would be uh, appropriate. What's let the problem? Him, let him I, do I it don't that, understand. Like, point. Let's catch up with the technology guys at the, uh, at the review board. It's very simple. Because I course. can tell you the professors will not uh, accept this. They, they will stand up and, and, and say no. why should they? Yeah, well, sure it's not just their their safety, but it's the, the safety of the students and the, and the other students in the class. Correct. Yeah, look, I've talked to the college, so if you are just tuning in, he is not going to school in September. That is for sure. 
What happens after? We'll talk to the college at 930, but I know for a fact he's not going to be going into registration for uh, the fall. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Lisa McLeod, shall we? Uh, Bad timing, or is this an overreaction from the perpetually outraged? The minister tweeted out some fun at the NDP over their hysteria over Toronto Council being slashed in half. She was in Ottawa last night, and she tweeted, quote, still can't find that chaos in Toronto that the NDP's claiming. Beautiful morning in the province capital and critics are going nuts about this the tweet of course was sent at a time when toronto was being flooded so is this just bad timing on lisa's i mean is this just overreaction it, it is bad timing it is overreaction it was a dumb tweet it was as you said bad timing i honestly think you should take uh, twitter accounts from away a lot from, away from a lot of politicians i don't think they know how to hate, use them properly but yeah i mean the overreaction wait wait people were flooded out of their house you know okay but her tweet was was really very partisan, and it was just a silly thing to do. And and she should just say, "Yeah, I'm sorry, bad timing," and let yeah, it go. But well, they won't let it go. They won't. Well, they'll never let it go. But I mean, if you go anywhere outside of Toronto, no one else got this rain. So I did. I, we weren't no, flooded well, in our you neighborhood. Were, right? Exactly. We were fine. You go to Hamilton. You I didn't see to, any chaos outside my neighborhood. You did not, and so therefore, she's not wrong when she doesn't see any chaos outside of her Ottawa, you know, parliament. Uh, yeah, she's a bit of a monkey with a machine gun if you look at her historically, and she tends to shoot from the hip pretty quickly. And <laughs> do we uh, want it? We want to make a list of all the politicians who do that. Yeah. Oh no, no, no I'm how long is this show? I've had I've had to, I've had to run communications for an entire political party, and uh, thank God social media was not as prevalent okay. as it is now. I would have just cut everybody off. I would have ended up looking like Stalin. You will not speak anyway. So. Uh, no, it was a tone-deaf tweet. The outrage, of course, is just as partisan. It's all kabuki theater. Your average Torontonian is either dredging out their basement or completely ignoring this narrative. Or stuck in an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I can't get too excited about it because, again, it's like, okay. It wasn't chaos. It was messy. It was a pain in the butt. I wouldn't say it was... No one, thankfully, was was injured or, or killed. All right, we're going to take our break a little bit early. Can I take the break early, Mike? Okay, we'll take the break a little bit early. When we come back, we'll talk about Saudi Arabia. I just can't fit it into 45 seconds, so I thought we'd give it a bit of time. That coming up next here, Counterpoint continues on point here on Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. And it is time for Counterpoint. I'm joined by John Mraz and Bill Hutchison this hour. Let's talk about uh, case... No, let's go to talk... Okay, we'll talk about Saudi Arabia. Uh, We heard finally from the Prime Minister today who came out and spoke to reporters about the situation in Saudi Arabia. And uh, we still don't know what is at the core of this uh, little skirmish. I have my theories. However, it sounds like the Saudis want some kind of an apology for a mistake that we know we did, whatever that is. Nonetheless, uh, when asked about it by reporters, here was Mr. Trudeau's response. Canadians have always expected our government to speak strongly, firmly, clearly and politely uh, about uh, the need to respect human rights at home and around the world. We will continue to do that. We will continue to stand up for Canadian values and indeed for uh, universal values and human rights uh, at any occasion. That's something that uh, Canadians expect. It's something that I will always do. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't always do it. He's a little, um, well, he's... Not, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he doesn't... 
not consistent. Not consistent. Like he, he never says anything to China. He never says anything to Iran. He never says anything no, to where Venezuela. Where was he when the women were protesting in Iran? Well, exactly. The, the huge protests were going when women were being arrested there. Right. Where was he fighting for human rights there? Right. He wasn't, and so therefore he's now picked Ca- a fight. Guys, with let's Saudi take Arabia. let's take it to local politics. Where have we been on the hundreds of disappearing Native women on highways across Canada? Well, the, yeah, but that's a different issue, right? But but no, when that's, it comes, that's not a different issue. That's human rights. Well, it is. You're right. But we're talking about Saudi Arabia now. They want an apology. We have no business giving them one. What is this about, John? It seems to be well understood, at least by the European press, if not by the Canadian press so far, that Saudi Arabia are making an example of Canada, a country where they have virtually little to no investment by comparative terms and little to no military accords by comparative terms. The United States still have their two largest air bases in Saudi Arabia. Um, I have nothing to lose here, so I'll speak freely. I've already been kicked out of the kingdom and can't go back for being a journalist back in the day and speaking my mind. Uh, The new prince is, well, I'll use a nuanced word, an eccentric fellow. I'm not sure he'll last that long. Uh, Usually, uh, when this sort of... uh, challenge would have been made by Saudi Arabia. The United States and our NATO partners, uh, and by the way, we historically, we may even still have had soldiers working off those bases during the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war uh, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Usually the United States would say, back off on Canada. We cannot depend on the current president of the United States to do any such thing. He is uh, taking us all on in Europe and here in Canada and Mexico. On, uh, and, and China on trade initiatives. So it seemed to me the following. Saudi Arabia is making an example of Canada because they ain't got much to lose. It punishes us much more than it punishes them. And they're saying stay out of our internal affairs because they had made some promises that they would become more progressive when it came to women's rights. But the old guard there are unimpressed and that new leader has to hold that old guard, hold his position. So we are being thrown out with the bathwater. It's not that complicated. The United States are not going to move for us. And my prediction is much noise will be made. And in six months to a year, we will be doing business with Saudi Arabia like we always have. And we'll be selling them more labs and we'll be exchanging oil. And we, and, and this will be all forgotten. Can we back down right now? Absolutely not. Well, sh- no, Nor should I'd be we. horrified if we did. Should we be less selective? If we're going to be, you know, triumphalists on human rights and we're going to do that old Pearson thing that, you know, uh, Trudeau loves to romanticize about being peacekeepers and the world's best Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, then let's be equanimous about it and let's nail everybody. Or let's stay out of other countries' domestic politics and business. Once again, take away the Twitter accounts from politicians who should know better. Foreign, uh, our foreign affairs minister tweets out this thing. We sh- we've just stepped in a steaming pile of diplomatic diplomatic doo-doo that we didn't need to. Why? What did she think was she was going to accomplish with well, this? Tweet? But this isn't about a tweet. This is no, not about a tweet. This, go, this is this, something happened. That's how, that was there. the trigger. Yeah. And we didn't need to go there. Did she think she would actually accomplish anything with that tweet? Well, no. It was oh, probably some twenty-four-year-old staffer who sent it out, who probably doesn't even know where the Saudi Arabia is. So on you the map. shouldn't. You should take that account Bill, away I, from them as well. Bill, respectfully, no, I, I know. Correct you. I We've understand said this before. Her brother's in jail. This is a complicated file. We've said much. If you want to make a difference, you do it through diplomatic channels. If you actually want to make a difference, you don't tweet about it. That's a stupid thing for for our government to do. 
and you just you, you set off a trigger, and yeah, we became a target, an easy target, because we've also pissed off our closest ally, the United States, so they're not going to come to our defense. Well, we pissed them off a long time ago. I know, but, but we've pissed them off. We pissed off so many people. They have created so many diplomatic guffaffles around the world with well, India, with China, with the U.S., and now with Saudi Arabia. Right, but Trudeau has aligned himself with Iran. And so when Saudi oh, Arabia... that's not right. Trudeau has not aligned himself with He Iran. talks about wanting about? to reopen the embassy there. He did not stand up relations. and speak out about the well, human rights abuses over there at the with time. With whom do you negotiate, if not your enemy? Opening your embassy does not realign you with a country. It means that you're prepared to speak But he said he was going to renew relations with Iran. That, that, that the former prime minister rightly said, to hell with you. So that means we're going to start talking to them again. And by the way, Donald Trump did the exact same thing with North Korea. And I didn't hear either of you caterwauling about that right he reopened but dialogue with a tyrant iran but that was to dismantle it our prime minister at no time has said we will dismantle i mean at least when trump does it he's taking the toys away or attempting to take those toys away our prime minister's just doing it because we're going to stand up we're going to stand under principles with strong tweets right that's all that's going to happen thoughts and prayers we have a long and storied history in Iran, and Ken Taylor, uh, fate rest his soul, did a magnificent job of ex- exfiltrating those Americans who were caught there. We have a long relationship with them, and Iran cannot be seen or felt, or they sh- certainly would be much more dangerous if they felt isolated from the rest of the world. I see nothing wrong with opening an embassy okay, again. But that's you, think, you think that us re- reestablishing our relationship with Iran is actually going to create a more peaceful situation? Why couldn't we work as a proxy or a back channel on behalf let's, of Let's get back to Saudi Arabia. We have if the one, Prime Minister's going to stand on principle. We have one ally in the Middle East, and that would be Israel, if, if the Prime Minister's going to stand on principle ab- about this, then why doesn't he retaliate and say, you know what, we're gonna buy, not going to buy your oil anymore? Exactly. We're going to cut off that $2 billion a year that we buy from Saudi Arabia oil. We're going to actually build the Energy East pipeline and use our own oil. It would actually now, be... that would be standing be, on principle. Well, that would actually it, be doing something as opposed to tweeting. I would vote for Trudeau. I would actually vote for him if he said, well... That's a, that take a lot of therapy. But I would, if he said tomorrow, don't put, we are, to make sure you don't put this on the record. We are you would building, consider. We are, consider. Okay, I would clap very loudly. Uh, but if he said tomorrow, Energy East will be built. Screw you, Saudi Arabia. We're not taking your dirty oil. I'll support Canadian interests and our I would actually record. consider I would be like, all right, dude, yes. you got it. Because that now would you be got the, my that's respect. leadership. Now you're standing on principle. principle. They won't sell it to us anymore. It's some of the well, cheapest, sweetest, lightest crude in the world. And we don't really need it. We first don't need of all. it. And the Saudis, as I said, are just using, you know, the Beaver Pelt Republic as an example. It was easy. Our ambassador apparently wasn't even in Saudi Arabia at the time, so we were throwing him out, but he's not even here. <laughs> he was on an Air Canada yeah, flight he was, heading he was actually, into the CN Tower. He was going on oh. vacation, oh, apparently. He was in Iran. No, he was, he was on vacation. Would not surprise me. All right, let's talk a little bit about a development that has gone into Vancouver. This is a quick one. Uh, this is like a, a private residential area, high end. You can buy beautiful units there, and they've also put aside a few units for subsidized housing, which is not uh, unusual. But nonetheless, they've decided to create two different entranceways, one in the front for those who pay and one in the back for those who don't. It's the poor door. And, uh, you know, why don't they just put scarlet letters on them at the same time, Bill? Oh, my God, you guys, this has been going on in I False know. Creek next for door. 40 yeah. years. Isn't there a development next door to there here are, that, that was the same way, that has a separate door? There are hundreds of developments like this across the country. How is and this And the reason that, that it is next door is because uh, the people who, who paid the top dollar for the condos get access to facilities that... 
that they paid for. Like a concierge and a variety of other things that they paid for. Yeah. And last time I checked, we were not mal-mal communists. <laughs> and, and so fine. So there are two different doors. I don't even think you say front and back. They should say side to side. So what? Not a story. It's still segregation. Well, it is still segregation. If you're actually going to integrate these these communities, it's segregation. So so maybe we should move half of Lawrence Park into half of Regent Park and, and vice versa. No, but that's why that's we're tearing those down, idea. and that's why we're, you know, Let's rebuilding. get out our whips and move them around. Hey, we, we put all kinds of shelters in, in nice neighborhoods. But if you want to actually gentrify a place and make it a success, you have to treat the people equally. I mean, I, I'm actually surprised I have I'm on the other side of this, well, John. Then, then aren't aren't you from the, the kinder side? No, 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 no. Sorry, this isn't a golf club. If you're going to build subsidized housing within these units and these buildings, you cannot treat the people that you're allowing to come in like they're fourth-rate citizens. It's not. We've I'm been sorry. doing this for. Four it doesn't make years. it right. I can't believe what, I'm on the they other do side. Of this. We, we were doing a lot of things right. for a long time that were wrong. I mean, oh my God, I finally fell on the right side of something to you, Alex. <laughs> I mean, come on, like you get what you pay for. Right. And if you want an entrance with a concierge and a variety of other amenities, but if I was so offended by this, pay, then, then go buy in another building. Oh, so you so, should know going into this uh, building uh, that it's supposed no, to be. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't just to get to help out the problem, sort of somewhat subsidized through the cost of construction. People who are aspirant new Canadians who want to move up, and no, absolutely. But what's wrong with a different door? Because you're separating them, you're segregating them. Oh, you're saying, you oh know my what? God, what's wrong with you? Sorry, really? you don't, you don't you. get to come in here. Oh my God, I'm a capitalist. You, I, that's I wonder capitalist, if he, if he would say jerk. the same thing about. Uh, Buses in in the deep south. Oh my God! You know what? You're still in the same. Women should go in the side door too. Well, sorry, you're still on the same bus. What's the big deal? You're in the back. But what's in the back? We are talking about economic opportunity. We're talking about opportunity, not opportunity to go in the back door. You want to do well in the back door? How do you know it's not the front door and the people with money are going in the back door? I think we should put some nice. Lower rent uh, houses next door to his house in, in that nice I've already got them. I'm sure and you I'm know. okay with it. I'm okay As long as it. I don't see those people. <laughs> they don't. Uh, actually. Wow. Oh my God. I never thought I'd see this Two different entrances with, with different amenities for people who are paying two different fees. That's outrageous. No, it's not. It's been going on forever. It doesn't and make it right. That's the difference between the price of your house and my house up in North Toronto. And I, I'm in the poor door, by the way, just, I'm, just I'm so we too, were clear on this. But I still wouldn't expect people to go in the side door. I just wouldn't. You come to my home, you come in the front door. Yeah. I got to go. Thank you, guys. Okay. John Raz surprises me every day. I thought you were the nice one. The kinder side he is, isn't he? And uh, Bill Hutchison joining me tonight. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.